Welcome to As Told Here, conversations and stories shared in the public interest in Studio W at WPAA-TV and Community Media Center. As Told Here brings community media to where you are. Welcome to the Central Connecticut Intergroup Speaker Meeting. My name is Paul and I'm an alcoholic. Hi Paul. Hi Paul. Alcoholics Anonymous is a fellowship of, of people who share their experience, strength, and hope with each other that they may solve their common problems and help others to recover from alcoholism. The only requirement for membership is a desire to stop drinking. There are no dues or fees for AA membership. We are self-supporting through our own contributions. AA is not allied with any sect, denomination, politics, organization, or institution. Does not wish to engage in any controversy. Neither endorses nor opposes any causes. Our, pri our primary purpose is to stay sober and help other alcoholics to achieve sobriety. I've asked Dana to read how it works. Hi, I'm Dana and I'm an alcoholic. Hey, Dana. And this is how it works. Rarely have we seen a person fail who has thoroughly followed our path. Those who do not recover are people who cannot or will not completely give themselves to the simple program. Usually men and women who are constitutionally incapable of being honest with themselves. There are such unfortunates. They are not at fault. They seem to have been born that way. They are naturally incapable of grasping and developing a manner of living which demands rigorous honesty. Their chances are less than average. There are those, too, who suffer from grave emotional and mental disorders, but many of them do recover if they have the capacity to be honest. Our stories disclose in a general way what we used to be like, what happened, and what we are like now. If you have decided you want what we have and are willing to go to any length to get it, then you are ready to take certain steps. At some of these we balked, we thought we could find an easier, softer way, but we could not. With all the earnestness at our command, we beg of you to be fearless and thorough from the very start. Some of us have tried to hold on to our old ideas and the result was nil, until we let go absolutely. Remember that we deal with alcohol, cunning, baffling, powerful. Without help it is too much for us, but there is one who has all power. That one is God, may you find him now. Half measures availed us nothing. We stood at a turning point. We asked his protection and care with complete abandon. Here are the steps we took which are suggested as a program of recovery. One, we admitted we were powerless over alcohol, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible except when to do so would injure them or others. 10. Continued to take personal inventory and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. 11. Sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. 12. Having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, 
we try to carry this message to alcoholics and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Many of us exclaimed, what an order, I can't go through with it. Do not be discouraged. No one among us has been able to maintain anything like perfect adherence to these principles. We are not saints. The point is we are willing to grow along spiritual lines. The principles we have set down are guides to progress. We claim spiritual progress rather than spiritual perfection. Our description of the alcoholic, the chapter to the agnostic, and our personal adventures before and after make clear three pertinent ideas. A, that we were alcoholic and could not manage our own lives. B, that probably no human power could have relieved our alcoholism. C, that God could and would if he were sought. Thanks, Dana. Thanks, Dana. You're welcome. I've asked Melody. Oh, wait, I'm sorry. Please help welcome our speaker, Melody. Hi, Melody. I'm an alcoholic. Hi, Hi Melody. I'm going to share a little bit about what it was like, what happened, and what it's like now. Um, so I was born into um, an alco alcoholic home. My dad was an alcoholic, and my mom was pretty severely mentally ill. So there was a lot of um, abuse or neglect and neglect in my home, and um, so I had a lot of negative feelings, and I didn't really know how to deal with them or what to do with them. Um, my first escape from my feelings was school. Um, I did pretty well at school, and I had teachers realize that I needed some extra help, so I had a really special teacher who gave me a lot of special attention and um, uh, really helped me out a lot. Um, but I learned at an early age that I just wanted to escape how I felt. Um, and so I, did, I went to school for a while. When that teacher left, I got really, really upset and tried to, you know, cut my wrists and, you know, really, really upset. I was a, I was a pretty troubled kid. Um, and then the first time I actually drank, other than having little bits of alcohol from my dad, was um, at my sister's wedding. I was about 12, and um, my little brother and I went around, and we finished, you know, all the adults. They left drinks around the table, and we went and we finished them. And um, my brother was a very shy, timid kid who shook. And he got out on the dance floor and had fun. I, on the other hand, um, ended up um, kind of passed out on the sidewalk outside the, the place where, um, where my sister got married. And, you know, I've always heard it's not how much you drink, it's what alcohol does to you. And, you know, I believe I was born an alcoholic. Um, because the first time I really drank, um, I was supposed to, at my sister's wedding, go around and have people sign the guest book. And the very first time I drank, it affected, you know, my responsibilities, and I didn't do that. Um, so, and um, it was also my first resentment, because I was, <laughs> I was really jealous that everyone thought my brother was really cute dancing, and no one even noticed I was outside, passed out on the sidewalk. Um, so it was, my, like, my first resentment, too. Um, so then, so I was 12, when I was 14, I started hanging around with older kids, and I drank, I started smoking, I, I had been a really good kid, and did well in school, and had kind of like those gym awards, and different, one teacher even put me in for a most outstanding student, I had awards on the wall, and, and I decided, almost consciously at one point, that 
I wasn't getting the attention I needed by being a good kid, so I was going to be a bad kid. And I started smoking cigarettes and hanging around with um, older kids and stuff like that. And uh, when I was 14, I started drinking with them. First time I drank was Southern Comfort straight. I got sick and I passed out. And um, I don't remember thinking to myself, wow, that was great, I can't wait to do it again. But well, I did it again as soon as I could, even though I got really, really sick. And that's what started, you know, I just drank whenever I could. Um, at 16, I started working as a waitress, and um, we all had, all the waitresses would just go out and, you know, drink our tips away, and there was, we had different nights, they had different drink specials and all that stuff. Um, and we went to bars. Back then, it was easier to get into a bar. Um, I was... Um, I think they knew I was, I had a fake ID, I think they knew I was underage because um, they used to let me drink at a certain bar, but they had one of those mechanical bulls that you would ride, and they wouldn't let me ride the bull, but they'd let me drink, so I think they knew I was underage. Um, so anyways, so, you know, I just kept drinking, and, and you know, pretty much it got to be almost a, a nightly thing, and I was a pretty troubled kid. I was, um, I, um did a lot of crying and, and some crazy things when I was drinking. Um, and, you know, it became problematic right away. I was, I was, I got through school, but I skipped a lot of school and, and um, you know, just wanted to drink. That's, that's what I wanted to do. One of the really positive things my dad did do, though, was all, all three of us kids knew we were going to go to college. So um, without pushing it on us, you know, we just knew that we were going to do that. So I went to college and through a class, I was taking a class on Council of the Alcoholic, um, even though I was alcoholically drinking <coughs> at the time. And through an assignment, we had to counsel, um, we had to counsel an alcoholic, and the professor said, you know, you can pick anybody, it just can't be a family member. And at the time, I was obsessed with getting my dad sober. Um, so I went into the class and I said, you know, the only alcoholic I know is that I can counsel is my dad. And um, the professor was like, no, you can't do that. So two women in the class, um, I believe now they were hovering, they, and I think they knew that I had a problem because at the time I was engaged to someone and I would come into class one day and I had my diamond on and, and, um, and then the next day I wouldn't be wearing it and they'd say like, what's the matter? I, oh, we had a big fight and I threw a drink at him. I mean, I was a, I was a crazy drunk. I, you know, alcohol made me act differently than, than I normally do. And so... They hooked me up with someone who was recovering. And, and so I had to do this assignment, and, and this woman told me her story. And she told me, instead of saying, you know, I lost jobs, and I got in car accidents, and I got arrested, she focused on how she felt, and, and how she felt like she wasn't as good as other people, and how she was afraid of other people, and how she had self-loathing, and that, you know, that the drinking would help her with those feelings, and I just, my mouth dropped open. You know, I was just like, wow, I identify with all those feelings. Um, and, um, and so I wanted to start, um, I wanted to, I would have followed her anywhere to, to feel like she was feeling, Cause, because the other thing that she said that still sticks with me now is she said, I can look people in the eye now. And I thought, wow, because I just, I just felt less than everybody else. Um, and I wanted to be able to look people in the eye. So I started going to meetings, and um, I stayed sober for six years. I didn't do all 12 steps. 
Um, I kind of was like around the program. I had fun. I went to dances and stuff like that, but I didn't do all 12 steps. And I ended up drinking again. And um, I did that a couple more times in my life because I was 21 when I first got sober. Um, and um, I didn't do all 12 steps. And then this last time, um, I, um, I, and I started losing more things. Like when I first came into the program, it was all about how I felt inside and, and all those feelings got worse and it was all that. But then I started losing the outside things. I started having car accidents. It started to affect my work. It started to affect relationships and all kinds of stuff like that. Um, so, um, so this last time I was bound and determined that I would, I would um, practice all 12 steps. And, um, and that was the real game changer for me because when I stopped drinking before, it stopped making my life worse, but I still had never really learned how to live life sober. I mean, that, that was the problem. You know, I couldn't deal with feelings, I couldn't deal with stress, I couldn't deal with just how to deal with people or anything. And um, because I grew up in a home where there was a lot of alcoholism and, and mental illness, and, and you know, I realize now my parents did the best they could. I, it's not, I've done a lot of work around understanding and forgiving, but that doesn't mean it didn't affect me, it did. And, um, you know, my personal opinion is a lot of, you know, a lot of alcoholics have a lot of trauma and and, um, and tough stuff in their background and, and they drink to deal with it. Um, I believe it's a biopsychosocial disease and, and, you know, I'm definitely an alcoholic. It's not like, even if I get better emotionally, I can drink tomorrow. I'm an alcoholic. I can't drink safely. Um, but. Um, but the steps have helped me to learn how to live life, and I just never really knew how to do that. Um, I have a belief in a higher power um, that I ask for help with my character defects, and I ask every day to help stay away from a drink or a drug. That's the other thing that, that the program taught me to do um, is, you know, to live life one day at a time, you know, whether it's I'm just going to not drink or drug till I go to sleep tonight, or I'm not going to do something just till I go to sleep tonight. I don't have to worry about it for the rest of my life. I just have to worry about um, today and, and living the life that I need to live today. Um, so, yeah, I, I came to believe in a higher power. Um, the fourth and fifth steps are about, you know, taking, like, you know, taking a good inventory of my life and, and seeing all the resentments and patterns in my life. Um, you know, I was a big one for me as I got upset a lot and, and had um, resentments about being um, not emotionally secure, not feeling like people love me enough or like me enough. And uh, I learned that about, I learned about that through the fourth and fifth step. Um, the sixth and seventh step about um, you know, my character defects and what, you know, my alcoholism and, and my drinking and how um, that kind of warped some of my natural desires into defects and um, learn to help to, you know, ask for a higher power help with those and, um, and um, how to live a life to try and, and work on some of those things. And then steps eight and nine, um, you know, made a list with a sponsor. A sponsor is really important um, in, in doing the steps. Someone who's been in the program longer than I have who can kind of guide me along. 
Um, so in steps eight and nine, I made a list of all the people I had harmed and became and made amends to them, which was a big step in going back to being able to look people in the eye, um, you know, like she said, because all the steps helped me learn that, um, you know, I am, I'm, I'm, I'm no better or no worse than other people, but I really didn't know that before the program. Um, and so, um, so I was able to make amends and, you know, there's no one, if I see them walking down the street that I have to run away and hide from because um, I've made amends to people that I hurt. And then steps 10, 11, and 12, I, um, I, I maintain my sobriety on a daily basis. You know, there's not, a, it's not, it's not difficult. I, I've always heard, and it's true because I've done it, it's a lot easier to stay sober than to get sober. Um, so I, um, I do the things I need to do to stay sober. I go to meetings, I ask, when I ask to do service work such as this, I do it. Um, you know, I try and help other alcoholics. Um, and uh, to carry the message to, uh, you know, other alcoholics um, and to improve conscious contact with a higher power. Um, so I can't, I just can't say enough. I wish I had done all 12 steps earlier in my life, but, you know, it happens the way it's supposed to and um, it's just been such a, oh, and forgiveness. That was a big part of the steps too, forgiving people that I felt had hurt me and, and forgiving myself. Um, I truly, truly believe alcoholism a disease. I was never a bad person um, trying to get better. I was a sick person trying to get well. Um, and I never knew that um, because I know that alcohol caused me to act and, and do things that, um, you know, I, nor I normally wouldn't do. Um, so I was able to forgive myself and that made me also able to forgive other people. And what a game changer that is. Um, so yeah, the, the 12 steps have really changed my life. I think getting sober was the best thing that truly ever happened to me. Um, you know, it took what it took to get me here, um, and that's okay. But I'm just really glad that I found um, Alcoholics Anonymous. I, I, I guess people can do it without Alcoholics Anonymous. I can't. I wouldn't want to. I wouldn't want to do this alone. I have a support system that's incredible. Because um, life's not always easy. And, um, you know, I support others, they support me, and, um, you know, we just, uh, we're, we're here for each other, and uh, it's a great way to live life, and uh, just grateful to be here. Thanks. Well, thank you, Melody, for sharing, and, um, Anybody want to speak? Anybody want to share? Peter, alcoholic. Thanks, Pete. Uh, Melody, thank you for sharing your story. Uh, you know, that's this is one of the least favorite things I like doing for service work. It's to share my story, you know, in front of people. Um, but you know, your story was phenomenal. You know, and and two, we do what we have to do to get here. You know, we always follow the journey. You know, and and two is you know, there's a suggested path, and it's a 12 steps. And my first sponsor told me if I wanted a, a way of life. I had to live those steps a day at a time. Didn't say life was going to be any easier. You know, life's on turn. But like I said, we have a way of uh, coping with it and dealing with it. We have support systems, you know. And I come to meetings to hear how people deal with life and life's terms today. It, it's so phenomenal. I think I, really, I can remember one time as a while back that I think you, you called me about and to ask, help somebody 
his fellowship, somebody you know, a gentleman, um, and you call me. And I was out of out of state at the time, and you know, and I talked to this boy for you know a couple times, you know, and uh, that's what we try to do. We try to carry the message. I don't know if he's sober today or not, but it's like that's what we do. You know, we try to be available to help others, you know, and that's the whole purpose of uh, of you know doing twelve steps. Is once we you know have a spiritual awakening from after doing these steps in our life and living them, we try to carry this message to other people, you know. Uh, we never know if we're going to be the only big book somebody can see someday. You know, and it's our actions. And when I, when I put a drink in me when I, when I was drinking, you know, all bets were off of what was going to happen. You know, I never know I was going to be, be the shy guy over in the corner or I was going to be a raving lunatic. You know, you never know what was going to happen, you know. And, uh, but, you know, I come to meetings on a regular basis to know what I, that I can't do it anymore. You know, and I know I can drink again. I choose not to drink today. Because I would like them while dreams. Thanks for sharing your story. Thank you. Thanks. Hi, I'm Dana. I'm an alcoholic. I want to thank you, um, Melody, for sharing your story. Um, I had some some similarities. Um, you know, I, I remember back well, back in the day, um, eighteen was the drinking, the legal drinking age. So. It was pretty easy to, to slide on into into a bar, and and a lot of times I think that they did, especially when it was a, you know a group of younger women. They would look the other way because that would bring in, the, <laughs> in the, some of the ma the male um, portion of the population. So it was it was uh, pretty easy back then to uh, to do that, um, but. I also, I really enjoyed the way you explained um, the steps and working them into our lives. Um, I'm still, I, I've got a, a few 24s behind me, but I have not completed the steps. Um, I don't know what's taken me so long because I'm just, I'm just putsy. But um, I, I do see, though, where, where the, it does help you, like you said, to look in other people's eyes. I never could do that. Um, I could if I had, you know, a bottle in me and, and I was raving at somebody because I thought they had done something wrong with me. But that was, you know, that was me being insane. So um, the, the program does teach us how to um, live life on life's terms, as, as Peter said. But it, it gives you that sense of, um, I mean, I still, I, I think... I was just born this way. I still cringe when I have to walk into a strange place or, you know, meet new people. But I now can do it on my own. I can, I can, you know, I just think of what somebody has said in a meeting and I'll just be able to, to get it, get through it. So, um, yeah, I'm really grateful that I was here today to, to listen to your story. Thank you. Thanks, Dana. Thanks, Dana. Sonia, I am a grateful recovering alcoholic. Say Sonia. Sonia. Um, and I love hearing your story. I've heard the story before, but I heard some things that I did not know. Um, I too, I wish I'd found the program earlier in life. I came in a little bit later, and um, I I have a lot of similarities. I had. Mentally ill. I have a mentally ill mother, and um, my dad was not an alcoholic. My mother is the addictive personality, but um, it was kind of dis it was dysfunctional, 
and I didn't have a really good barometer. I didn't have, we didn't have neglect and didn't understand a lot of things. So I kind of numbed out and I drank uh, and I used drugs and when I just couldn't stand it anymore, I was pointed to AA and I love how you wove the steps in. Um, and the most important thing uh, that I, I found um, was a sponsor. So, because um, she guided me through the 12 steps and is very loving and forgiving and, and, and emphasizes forgiveness very much. Um, it's, it's a difficult thing for me to do still because I'm working on it, but I find the more I attempt and the more I try to live by the principles of the 12 steps and on a daily basis when I can remind myself to remember that is difficult. Um, the freer and the freer I feel and the better of a day or an hour until I forget again that I have. Um, so it really um, it's just amazing what a difference from when I was drinking and the panic and the fear and the misery that I felt to going through the steps knowing I'm going to keep on this journey for the rest of my life um, and learning all the things I felt I was missing all this time. Uh, so, um, thank you and let me say uh, I love you. <laughs> thank you for telling your story and your service. Thank you, Sonny. Thanks, Sonny. I'm Paul, I'm an alcoholic. Hey, Paul. Hey, Paul. Man, thank, you for, thank you for your story. It was, I mean, of course. I can relate to pretty much all of it. Um, I really like them also. I really appreciate the fact that you broke down the steps and how they affected your life. Because if I didn't do the steps, there's no way I would be where I am today. Mm -hmm. You know, and it's not a cliche in AA. You know, every person, whenever someone walks in, whenever someone relapses, what's the first two things they say? They, stopped, they, they weren't doing the steps and they um, stopped their sponsor. They weren't doing step work and they weren't calling the sponsor every time. And they weren't going to meetings too. But, I mean, it, it, it definitely resonated with me as far as with the step work and how you broke it all down. You know, and, and giving service. And, you know, thank you again for coming and doing this. I know this isn't easy. I did it last time. <laughs> <laughs> Excuse me. But, and also, I can definitely relate to, because I, I had a hard time growing up with feeling less than, you know, and that goes to my own traumas and, you know, I, have to, I had to unlearn that, you know, and it, and, it, and it was step work that helped me to do that. And I was able to make, and I'm still making amends. Like, I don't think I'll ever stop because I forgot half the people that I hurt in my life, you know? A lot of drinking. And I, I had a lot of pride when I was drinking. So that's not a good mix. But definitely about making amends and being able to look these people in the eyes today and being able to just be proud of myself, you know, as a person. It's a huge, huge step, that freedom. So I, I, I definitely appreciate. Um, I'll pass. All right. Well, 
we're at the end of the meeting, so again, thank you for sharing. Thank you all for coming. And um, we'll end it with the responsibility statement. I am responsible when anyone anywhere reaches out for help. I want the hand of AA always to be there, and for that, I am responsible. Thank you guys again. Thanks to our local producers and Team Hercules for production support. As told here, conversations and stories shared in the public interest in Studio W at WPAA-TV and Community Media Center. As told here brings community media to where you are. Thank mm -hmm. you.